I'm Katie J. And I'm Katie H. Welcome to the Katie's. Hello, beautiful people. Hey. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we were just talking before we started recording. We're like, we need to do something exciting. And Katie just did whatever that was. I don't. <laughs> you said, hey, beautiful people. And I said, hey. Like moving back and forth around the mic. Yeah. I wish you could see. We need to get a camera in here. We do need to get a camera in here. We're both, uh, you know, for context, we're wearing hats today. Yes. We're looking real casual. Yes. Makeup free uh, yep. recording day. Yep. We are, uh, we're really leaning into casual, casual Friday. It is yeah. a Friday in our time. So. Yes. We record on Friday. Yes. Uh, <laughs> It is so wonderful to talk to you again. It is yes. just the highlight of my week, and we're not going to belabor that point because I think you guys know how much <laughs> we love say it every doing single this. time. But Katie, how was your week? My week was good. Was it? Yes, it was good. It's been like you're kind of in like a transition right now. I am in a transition. So, for those of you that don't know, I was the junior high assistant. Now I am transitioning out of that role because it was temporary. So I'm about to start hopefully a new position soon, not within our church, somewhere else. Mm -hmm. But it's been like a little bit chaotic, like switching yeah. from one thing to the next. But it hasn't been bad. It's just it's a good, um, good little season of life I'm in. Busy, 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 mm -hmm. busy, 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 busy. Um, yes. But, <laughs> yes. but, but good. I'm like house sitting right now, and that always feels chaotic for me because mm -hmm. I was telling Katie the other day, I. I always pack as if I'm only staying for two days and it's like I'm there for the whole week. So yeah. I don't know why I act yeah, like, like when <laughs> when will I learn? Yeah, when will I learn? Because I've house sat so many times. Yeah. And so I'm a little bit irritated with myself for that. But we just got finished with our big youth conference, Future Quest. So good. Yeah. Ministry time per usual was amazing. Definitely. It's just a worthwhile event. Mm -hmm. um, Katie and I got to work together for that. We did. So much fun. Um, forever branding. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Never promoting part. ourselves everywhere we go. Yes. No. But um, we, we got to work with the artists and speakers who came, which was a really cool opportunity. For me, I've never done that. Katie's done that for the last uh, quite a few years. Yeah, like seven years. Um, so she's a, she's a veteran, but it was a lot <laughs> of fun. What about you, Katie? What are you up fun. to? Yeah, um, I have had a pretty good week. Actually, my baby just kind of started sleeping for the yes. first time since he's been born. He has been sleeping long stretches at night, and I feel like a person. I feel like a human being. Mm. It is lovely. We love you, Owen. We love that boy. <laughs> he's he's just the best. But yeah, it's it's other than that, life's been pretty chaotic and busy and running from thing to thing and my husband and I have gotten to kind of talk about, all right, let's let's build in some downtime. Let's <laughs> yeah. let's plan a time or, you know, a week in the future where we can just only do commitments and have a couple weeknights where we don't plan yeah. anything and we just need to take some time and rest. It's yes. been it's been a lot, but all good things. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I think building in rest time is wise. Yes. It I is. should probably try it out. Sometime. It's, you know, God kind of says it's a good idea. Yeah. So. We should probably listen to that. For sure, for sure. Yeah. He did something like that in, like, the first seven days of, like, yeah. the world. So maybe. Maybe, <laughs> just maybe. Today, you guys, we have a discussion for you on a topic that could be a little bit difficult to, to broach, but we're going to yeah. talk about disagreeing 
well. And specifically in the context of Christian relationships, Christian community, what do we do when we as churches, when we as individuals, when we disagree with each other? Yeah, and it will happen and it does happen and you know people that you don't agree with. So this isn't like a, oh, well, I don't have conflict with anybody. This is just everybody has their beliefs that they hold dear or their extrapolations from the Bible that maybe you don't agree with. So Mm -hmm. whether you know it or not, you have people you disagree with in your life. Yes, you do. And I think a a part of maturity is (laughs) to be able to disagree in a way that is productive uh, Mm. and that is biblical and doesn't assume that it's right, but is critical. (laughs) And uh, I think before we have this conversation, I want to break it down into sort of the three main questions that we're going to be going through and answering Mm. as relates to this topic. So the first is how are we to love as Christians? What is that supposed to look like in the perfect scenario? The second question is, what if we disagree, (laughs) right? And the third is, what if there is sin involved? So it's not Mm -hmm. just disagreements about things that don't matter, but what if there is sin and how do we approach that as Christians who love each other? So how are we to love, Katie? This is is a matter of family. Yeah. So I think we've we've talked, I mean, (laughs) Christianity is about loving each other as Christ loves us and, you know, well, it's about glorifying the Lord, but it's, a bit, <laughs> it's a big only part. about love it and good feelings. It is only about love and good vibes. Um, no, it is but, not. <clears throat> let me just correct that. Right, we are not saying that. No, 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 definitely not. Let's strike that from the record. But it is about calling each other to a higher standard in love and pushing each other towards Christ and building the kingdom, mm-hmm. and um, and that is very familial, right? We, like you said. This is a matter of family. These are our brothers and sisters in Christ. Absolutely. We are called as believers to love the world, but the ultimate example of love should come from within the church. John 13, 35 talks about how they're going to know us looking in at the church. They're going to know that we are the church, that we belong to Jesus by the way that we love Mm -hmm. one another. So it's at the foundation of Christ establishing his church is, is the love that Christians are supposed to share. Yeah. So, Practically, how does this look? This is going to be kind of a a crash course right here. I'm going to share with you the scriptures that I got these things from, but I'm not going to read them all. Okay, so uh, practically, as Christians, we're supposed to love each other with sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Sacrifice, service, it's often, you know, exemplified through the washing of feet. Uh, John 13, 14 is a good example of this, but we should love each other sacrificially. Yeah, and it also looks like devotion and honor, you know, devoting to each other and honoring each other's hearts and the positions that people hold in our lives. You know, we talked a lot about that Mm -hmm. in our authority episode, um, but we can see this in Romans 12, 10. Yeah. Also in Romans 12 and verse 16, it talks about humility as part of Christians love for one another. So Mm -hmm. humility, which leads to peace. So peace as the result of humility. Yeah. And then also affection, which is like the classic way that I think we think of Mm -hmm. love is like, oh, I love you so much. Yeah. But we should be, we should be affectionate (laughs) with each other. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, And we see that in Romans 16, 16. Yeah. Ephesians 4 talks about patience and bearing one another's burdens. Mm-hmm. Colossians 3, 13 talks about forgiveness between believers. Encouragement should be part of the way we interact with each other all the time. 1 Thessalonians 5, 11, Hebrews 3, 13, just drive that point home. Yeah. Hebrews 10, 24 talks about pushing each other towards righteousness. So this means that the love isn't just 
merely affection and humility, but mm-hmm. it is also as a result of those things that we should push one another towards righteousness and right. obedience to Christ. Because really love is calling somebody to a higher standard. Yeah. And we're going to get into that, I'm sure. And then we also see it through sympathy and compassion, mm-hmm. you know, showing compassion for those around you. And that we see in First Peter 3, 8. Yeah. Hospitality. We did a whole episode yes, on this. Go did. back and listen to it if yeah. you haven't yet. But hospitality should be uh, evident yes. in the lives of believers towards each other, not just towards outsiders. Absolutely. Another one, uh, we should have honor towards the elderly. We yes. should have honor towards uh, our elders in the church. First Peter 5 talks about that. We should be praying for one another, mm. like actually praying yeah. and laying on of hands in prayer, but also like long-term prayer for your fellow believers and yeah. for your friends. And uh, that's James 5 talks about that. We should also be truthful and honest in our dealings with one yeah. another. Colossians 3 talks about that. And we should be respectful towards one another. That's mm. that's another hallmark of Christian love. Um, I, I extrapolated this from 1 Corinthians eleven thirty three 33 and literally the example of like waiting for one another to eat, but like just having courtesy and respect for other believers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But what if we disagree? Yeah, that that (laughs) love is really easy when we're totally on the same page. Everything's easy. Holding hands and skipping through fields and having the best time of our lives. This is, this should be coming naturally, right? But Throw the wrench of disagreement into the situation. Mm-hmm. And now what does it look like? Yeah. So I want to talk about the actual things that we disagree on. And mm-hmm. I'm going to, I want to have this conversation with the idea of there being kind of levels or tiers of doctrine of belief in the Christian faith. And uh, there are issues between these categories that are placed where they're placed in importance mm-hmm. based on a variety of things and a combination of things, including how often does the Bible discuss it? Yeah. How clear is the Bible regarding those issues? How is the practice of these things or the interpretation of uh, those scriptures, how do those things affect other doctrines? It's also important to consider what that belief or idea or issue implies about the character of God or what it implies about the gospel. Uh, it's also important to consider historical consensus. Like yeah. what has the church agreed upon on these things long-term? And yeah, there's there's even more categories that are important when we discuss these issues. But uh, there are first tier, we'll say. There yeah. are high level issues that if you don't agree on these things, yeah. you actually can't call yourself a Christian. These yeah, are, you're just objectively not a Christian. Right, yeah. right. And it's, you know, it just is the way that it is. This is how the Bible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the this Bible's is not from clear. us. This is not like guidelines we've created to be like, this is, you know, the Katie's guide to being a Christian. Yeah. And not being. This is just biblical. Right. right? <laughs> and these are, these are what we would call absolutes. Yeah. Right. So these would include things like Jesus's death and resurrection, mm-hmm. salvation through those things, the inerrancy of scripture, the Trinity, the yeah. deity and the humanity of Jesus. There's there's several issues, but those are those are some of the big ones. Yeah, uh, virgin birth would be one of them. Like there, there's yeah. these things that if you don't agree that these things are true and that the Bible says these things and that they are true, then you actually can't call yourself a Christian. Right. So um, we're going to talk about the more secondary and like lower level issues of yeah. disagreement because if we're having those kind of disagreements, we're actually just you know we're yeah. not we're not we're disagreeing <laughs> with a non-believer and right. which is it's, it's different a totally different conversation. Yes. Yeah. Um, so the secondary tier of issues, we'll call it, 
are those that can be interpreted or practiced differently between Christians, Mm -hmm. but are still incredibly biblically important. We would call these things convictions. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, what does baptism look like? How do you interpret Genesis? What is your belief on end times, your eschatology? How do you take communion? What's the leadership structure of your church? Your higher church is organized. What do you believe about spiritual gifts? Like those kinds of things where they are incredibly important biblically. Absolutely. But they're is room for difference of practice yes. within people who profess and believe and are saved by Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then there's even lower level issues that are still important. And we would call them opinions within reason because <laughs> there is, you know, strong biblical foundation for some of these issues, but we can vary in some of these things. So examples of these could be how we dress yeah. uh, again within reason the food that we eat. This was a big thing in the early church. We're going to get into that. Um, And the entertainment that we consume, right? Some people have really strong convictions about that. Others have less strong convictions. Uh, The use of alcohol, again, within reason, we're not talking about drunkenness, but some believers do not partake at all. And some partake, you know, reasonably. Yeah. Some partake unreasonably. And that's (laughs) a whole other issue. Yeah. But there's room for difference of opinion on these things. Um, And a good biblical example of this would be Romans 14. So we're actually going to go through with you guys. We're going to read Romans 14 mm-hmm. and kind of extrapolate some some details about what this looks like when groups of believers disagree on these lower level issues. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to start reading. We're using New Living Translation today. So if you're... For ease of conversation. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. For instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believer with a sensitive conscience will eat only vegetables. Yeah. So let's do some context here. This is Paul writing Mm -hmm. to the Roman church, and there's some disagreement here clearly about what they're actually physically eating. Mm -hmm. And there's some discussion that it could be, you know, if things are kosher or not, or if, you know, food, it's okay to eat food that has been sacrificed to idols, like those kind Mm -hmm. of things. And so uh, Paul is drawing a like line here between those who are weaker in the faith, those who would say that they can only eat that which is kosher or clean Mm -hmm. or only vegetables, like he's saying in this example, and those who are stronger in the faith who know that those are not the things that defile them um, and don't hold the same convictions. But he's saying it's important that we welcome those who disagree on these issues, right? Absolutely. And don't drive an immediate wedge (laughs) between you and the other person, especially like it's saying here, those who are weak in the faith, those who may be newer, whatever it is, you really shouldn't be getting caught up in the semantics of, oh, well, should we be, you know, what should we be eating in this right. that, example? In, in, these, in these types of like lower level issues, right. that relationship is the priority. Yes, absolutely. Building relationship to build the kingdom. And right. if you're getting caught up in those little things, you're not building relationship. Um, starting back in verse 3, those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do, mm-hmm. for God has accepted them. Who are you to condemn someone else's servants? Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall. And with the Lord's help, they will stand and receive his approval. Yeah. So there's a couple things here, but one is that we answer to God. Yeah. That as believers, we have the Holy Spirit, we have conviction personally beyond just the written law that we are responsible for. So if someone really is convicted about, you know, 
in this example, not eating the unclean foods, right? That's between them and the Lord. Yeah. It's not for another believer to tell them like, you're wrong, badger them over the head with it. It is, it could be a genuine conviction that they have. They are serving the Lord. He is their master. Yeah. Another thing that's important about this passage is that if you have pride or contempt or feelings of superiority mm. in regards to other believers, that's that's a sign of a problem. Right. That's a sign of a problem. Yeah, absolutely. That's the fruit of a heart issue. Yeah. And just to to add in this, and I'm sure we'll touch on it later, but this is this doesn't mean that you don't get to discuss right. like why that person believes the way that they do or why you believe the way that you do. It just means not allowing it to be the sticking point, the driving wedge, um, but discuss. Yeah. Learn other people's points of view. Yeah. And I <laughs> I can think of a lot of examples of Christians falling really short in this area, especially mm-hmm. on social media. I think yeah. especially when we're not discussing things face-to-face, that when we disagree on these lower level issues, yeah. that we can be really cruel or really, really harsh and nasty yeah. towards each other. And uh, that doesn't really speak well of the love within the church that's supposed to point the world to Christ, right? And it's not constructive. I've been thinking a lot about the concept of things being constructive lately. Mm -hmm. And is it building something? Is it, um, is there a point? Right. Is there an end goal? Right. And these, like the example you gave, these social media spats or whatever, Mm -hmm. where, you know, somebody's talking about their own doctrine and then they get shredded by other Christians. Mm -hmm. That there's nothing constructive about that. Yeah. And we're not talking about heresy. We're right. not talking about, right. exactly. about <laughs> false teaching. Yeah. We're not talking about um, the fact that we can't discuss these things at right. all. But there is a productive way to do this. Yeah. And there's a right and a wrong heart position to have these conversations yes. out of. Yeah. Right. So that's that's more of the issue here. Let's let's yeah. move forward Absolutely. with the reading. Okay, so verse five says, in the same way, some think one day is more holy than another day, while others think every day is alike. You should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. Yeah, this is a big one. Mm -hmm. Taking your time as a believer to develop your conscience on these issues. That the things, the way that we exist in the world, the things that we consume, the way that we dress, Mm -hmm. like the way that we talk to other people, we should never just take things at face value. We should be bringing things before the Lord, asking Mm -hmm. him to convict us, asking him to show us how he would have us walk and live in his life. Scripture, taking it to your community, figuring out what you believe. I like, I was reading in the notes and we were laughing before, but I just wrote like, yes, in all caps (laughs) next to it. Because this is important. You're developing your convictions and developing them properly through prayer and biblical study right. and community. And that is imperative. Yeah. Let's let's use the example of, of alcohol, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are people who, you know, believers who think it is totally fine to have a drink now mm-hmm. and then. And there are other believers who would never touch a drink because yeah. alcoholism has ruined their family, yeah. right? Or because addiction or whatever, they know that that could be a problem for them. And so their conviction is, I will not drink. Yeah. Right? And neither one of those things are wrong. Both of those things could be backed up biblically and are like founded and and solid reasoning. Right. But it's important that, you know, that person who maybe has a history of alcoholism in their family, Mm -hmm. that they take the time to critically think about those things and say, hey, maybe it's cool if other believers are able to do this. 
but maybe my standard has to be different for yeah, myself. Exactly. My conviction has to be different based on facts, right. based on, you know, this Holy Spirit conviction in my heart, because especially in this area, like you've said, there are some things that are going to be okay for other people and it's not going to be okay for you, mm-hmm. especially if you're in this situation predisposed to alcoholism or maybe you've yourself have struggled with it in right. the past and then become a Christian. You think, well, these Christians say it's fine. Right. Or let's, you know, totally yeah. the other side of this example. Or you know, like maybe it's been fine for you in the past, yeah. but you are bored or sad or frustrated and it's something yes. that you find yourself turning to more regularly. Yeah. Maybe then you need to ask yourself critically, hey, this is something I need to step away from. from yes. now. The point is there should be nothing. There should be no issue, no yeah. behavior that is more important to us than God. It, it is yeah, an idol if absolutely. it is more important to us than obedience. Yeah. And so following somebody else's conviction in this area is actually going to do you a detriment. Yeah. Um, and uh, this is a tough conversation because I keep wanting to like introduce caveats. Like, yeah, we're not talking about issues of like sin. Of right. obvious sin. <laughs> yes. We're not saying like, oh, it's cool for some people to lie and other people not right. to. That's yeah. definitely not what we're saying. <laughs> and yeah, I, I just I think it's it's important to to think about this issue as a matter of personal conviction yeah. on these things that we do have freedom yes. under Christ to decide. Yeah, there's some liberty. There's in some there. liberty, yeah. right? That we are not under the law, but like again, we've talked about this yes. before. We are under a more perfect law. Mm-hmm. We are under a more perfect law that has yeah. been fulfilled by Jesus, that the standard is higher. Yeah. And absolutely. It, it might mean what looks like liberty to others yeah. is, you know, is prison for you, yeah. right? Yes. And uh, it's, it's just important that you are in the word of God, that yeah. we are uh, submitted to Jesus, that we are listening to yeah. the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives and not taking things at face value. Absolutely. I want to pick back up in verse six. It says, those who worship the Lord on a special day do it to honor him. Those who eat any kind of food do so to honor the Lord, since they give thanks to God before eating. And those who refuse to eat certain foods also want to please the Lord and give thanks to God. For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it's to honor the Lord. And if we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died and rose again for this very purpose, to be Lord both to the living and for the dead. Yeah, I I think the important thing to take away from this is that we should assume the best of other believers Mm -hmm. who are walking with the Lord. Yes. That if we know that the fruit of someone's life is obedience to Jesus, that if they live differently than us on some of these lesser matters, that, you know, there's still the possibility. We should consider the possibility and maybe through discussion with them or whatever, Mm -hmm. we should consider the possibility that they are walking in obedience to God. Yeah. And we shouldn't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah. Um, Because I believe it's better to, if you have some confusion about somebody else's conviction and you're close enough to them to go and ask like, hey, like, mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm interested to know, like, what are your thoughts on this? Instead of just letting it stew in your brain of like, oh, like they probably do this and they probably do that. Go ask them. Yeah. <laughs> right. Go ask them. And if it does come from a sinful heart, if you, after your conversation, it does come from a point of sin, you know, we're going to get into that. What does that look like when there's sin involved? But everything we do should be to glorify the Lord mm-hmm. um, and to honor him. 
Yeah. And that should be in our convictions, but also our conversations with people Mm -hmm. should be to honor the Lord. And it's just a matter of, like I've been saying, it's the constructive. Is it building up? Is it pointing towards Christ? Mm -hmm. But we want to pick back up in verse 10. So why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For the scriptures say, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me and every tongue will declare allegiance to God. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. Yeah, so we all answer to God. Yes, we all answer to God. And we should have judgment, Mm -hmm. but we are not to judge based on these matters alone. Let's continue in verse 13. Okay. So let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. I know and am convinced on the authority of the Lord Jesus that no food in and of itself is wrong to eat. But if someone believes it is wrong, then for that person, it is wrong. Yeah. And if another believer is distressed by what you eat, you are not acting in love if you eat it. Don't let your eating ruin someone for whom Christ died. And if at this point we're not understanding that it's not about eating <laughs> yeah. and it's about it's these not convictions. The thing. It's not the thing that it's defiles the us. Thing. It, yeah. is, it is the heart. It is. Yeah. And so if we are letting these things bring down other people's relationships with the Lord, that's a problem. Right. And if someone is really convicted yes. about an issue and they are, you know, acting in obedience and you are rubbing in their face your freedom? Like, what does that say about your heart? What does that say about the sin in your heart? Right, right. And I love just the very last line of what I read. Don't let your eating ruin someone for whom Christ died. And that is just a reminder. Is your freedom more important than that person for whom Christ died? And it's so important to look at the person across from you knowing Christ died for them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jesus died for them. They are your family. They are your brother or sister. There should be, like we said in the beginning, this familial attitude that brings you to hopefully a part in your heart that is more understanding, that Mm -hmm. is more loving, that's more open. And I think that that is, you know, what these scriptures have been about, right? Yeah, there's there's more in this chapter. There's a few more verses and there's even into chapter 15, some great stuff that you should read and study on your own, but we're going to get moving on in this conversation for time's sake. Mm-hmm. And I want to, I think this is a good point too, to jump off of the issue of what if there is sin yeah. involved and just to belabor this issue, let's make sure that we're dealing with the log in our own eye before yeah. we're dealing with the speck in our brother's eye. Let's make sure that the heart that we're coming from mm-hmm. when we're dealing with sin and other believers is one of genuine love, yes. of genuine affection, yeah, of humility. If Absolutely. those things are not present in you, you are not in a place to be checking other believers. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just not. Yeah, it, it it's hypocritical. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when you come before other believers with that pure heart of wanting to see them grow in their relationship with the Lord and flourish in his kingdom, that is when you know that you can 
you mm-hmm. can approach. <laughs> yes. You can approach the issue. Right. And we should be wise. We should be shrewd. Mm-hmm. The whole shrewdest serpent, innocent as doves idea, right? That yeah. we, we should be shrewd and we should be holding people accountable. Yeah. But also is important that we are humble yeah. and innocent and right with the Lord. Yes. In our own walk. Yeah. Um, as important as it is to be, <laughs> yes. you know, <laughs> to be um, holding sin accountable around you. As with anything, it's easy to be this, you know, wildly swinging pendulum between the two things and be heavy on one or heavy on the other. And depending on who you talk to, they're going to have a different emphasis on what they think is important. But knowing that that is our calling to be a blend of the two, Mm -hmm. to be a marriage of the two Mm -hmm. in these situations, that makes me think of (laughs) how heavily I've leaned on one side or the other. Um, it's in, really in these easy. Situations. It's really easy to see what's broken around you. Yeah. And it's really hard to be honest with yourself and to yeah. be like laid bare before yeah. the Lord and honest in that posture. And yeah, um, I think a lot of times too, this is just kind of a sidebar here, but mm-hmm. my dad always says this, and I think it's so wise, and I think it's so true that the things that really bother you or that you are offended by in mm-hmm. other people are oftentimes things that you struggle with. Mm. And, you know, this is just human wisdom here. So take it with a grain of salt, drop it if it's not true for yeah. you. But I've come to see this as true yeah. <laughs> in a lot of situations in, in my life and in watching other people, right? Yeah. Who I'm like, oh my gosh, you are such a hypocrite. That yeah. That is something that you are such a stickler on. Yeah. But also it's a good check for me. It's been a good check for me in yeah. my life to think, oh my gosh, am I so offended by what this person is doing because it's something I'm struggling with in my own heart. Like, yeah, it, it's just, it's important to check ourselves. So let's go straight to the words of Jesus here on what if there is sin, how do we deal with a brother or sister that's sinning? And Matthew 18, 15 through 20, Katie, do you want to read that again? Yeah. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. And where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. So this is pretty clear, but let's yeah. let's break it down. And also, thank you for your beautiful reading voice. It's like <laughs> listening to an audio book. <laughs> I, I had to switch into my uh, reading voice, so I'm not all... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so if someone has sinned against you, you are to go and to talk to that person one-on-one. How many of us would just like to skip that first step? That's so hard to do. That is so hard to do. The awkwardness of being like, hey, Katie Hill. Yeah. I'm really offended. You've really hurt me. You've really hurt me. Yeah. And like, let's let's duke it out. Yes. That's like stressful beyond belief for me. Yes. I (laughs) have had friends that have like done this really well. Really well. And I'm always like, blown away. Not like this is happening to me all the time. Like people are coming yeah, to me and telling yeah. me like, you really messed up. Um, <laughs> like every day somebody's yeah. sitting you down like you no, but are I can, right? a thorn in my side. Yeah. Yeah. 
I should just quit. (laughs) (laughs) But we, I've had a couple situations Mm -hmm. in friendship where, you know, I've either gone to someone or they've come to me and said, hey, this was not cool. This hurt me and this was wrong. And to be willing to have that conversation, I think already is a laying down of pride. It's a good sign that if you're willing to have this conversation and be honest and to be truthful, because, you know, you can't lie about another person when you're talking to them, yeah. right? <laughs> it's pretty exactly. clear that like they can argue with yes, you. Yes, yeah. Um, it's a good sign that your heart's in the right place. So Absolutely. best case scenario, you do this, that person listens to you, mm-hmm. and you have gained your brother. There is refreshed intimacy. There yes. is healing. There's restoration. You've worked it out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to put it in layman's Which how true terms, is that? you worked it You've out. You've worked it out. And how, how true is that? Yeah. That walking away from those hard conversations in the best case scenario, mm-hmm. is like the most freeing, yeah, renewing, healing, renewing situation. Yeah. yeah. So, but a lot of times might not listen. So if that person does not listen, bring more witnesses. So mm-hmm. this might look like bringing a common friend. Yeah. This might look like bringing an authority figure. Mm-hmm. This might, you know, it's situational. But yeah. you bring another person or two with you because an important part of this is that the truth is established. So this is not hearsay. This isn't ganging up. This isn't, you know, holding someone hostage. This is (laughs) making sure that the truth is what's expressed. So part of this too is maybe I'm wrong. Like Mm -hmm. maybe I'm wrong and I can bring witnesses and we can, we can get to the bottom of this issue so we can have healing. And so best case scenario, he listens and restoration happens. But if that person refuses to listen, yeah. then you go to the church. And that could be going to a pastor. Mm-hmm. That could be going to a ministry leader. Uh, whatever that looks like of saying, hey, this person who professes the name of Jesus mm-hmm. is like unrepentant and the truth has been established. We know this is what happened. Yeah. And um, they're not hold- being held accountable for their actions. Yeah, And then we're to find out if that person refuses to listen even to the church let them be as a Gentile and a tax collector. So Gentile here is to reference the fact that um, there are to be no dealings with this yeah. person, which is really intense. Like that's, scary. A, <laughs> that's a hard line thing. But again, I think a lot of times people who have been rightly disciplined mm-hmm. by the church, maybe mm-hmm. for unrepentant sin, mm-hmm say like, well, what about love? Like, what about acceptance? Jesus is all yeah. about love, right? There is no repentance. So there is yes. like, there is no love in them <laughs> right, right. For, for their brothers and sisters if there's not repentance. So this doesn't mean we give up on these people. Right. We are to continue to pray for them. Yeah. Like we are to continue to um, hope <laughs> and yeah. to, have, to have faith that this person can be um, woken up out of their mm-hmm. sin by the conviction of the Holy Spirit yeah. and that they can be returned to the flock, right? Through repentance. But just plain and simple, there is not room for unrepentance in the church or in yeah. the body of Christ. There just isn't. Yeah. And sounds intense, but... Well, it is intense. <laughs> it is intense. <laughs> I mean, you when you think about it, these sins, the unrepentant sins are what place a barrier between you and God. Yeah. And so, yeah, well, and if there it's, isn't and if, it's at, if it's to the harm yes. of other believers, because yeah. people have secret sin all the time yes. that nobody yeah. knows about, right? And those things come out and, the, you know, lives blow up and things yeah. happen. But sin that is flagrant, mm-hmm. that's a Christian, someone who carries the banner of Jesus, refuses yes. to deal with, uh, points to a really deep, serious problem yeah. and puts other weaker believers at harm. Yeah, so, absolutely. 
Yeah, I I would love to address too that there there is an example of this actually happening in scripture. And I, I think this is a cool story. So in Galatians 2, uh, I'm just going to read this. Okay. When Peter, This is um, Paul talking about a situation that happened with Peter. When Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face for what he did was very wrong. When he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile believers who were not circumcised. But afterward, when some friends of James came, so some, some Jews came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of criticism from the people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. <laughs> as a result, other Jewish believers followed Peter's hypocrisy, and even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. When I saw that they were not following the truth of the gospel message, I said to Peter in front of all the others, since you, a Jew by birth, have discarded the Jewish laws and are living like a Gentile, why are you now trying to make these Gentiles follow the Jewish traditions? Mm. So this call out, match the crime. So Peter is yeah. a teacher. Peter is a leader of the church and he is walking in flagrant hypocrisy mm-hmm. by um, isolating this group of believers who do not believe in the necessity of circumcision yeah. in front of believers who do believe in the necessity of circumcision. So Paul calls him out yeah. to his face in front of the others who are the ones that are going to be most harmed yeah. by Peter's false teaching or, you know, not false teaching. He's not teaching anything, but by Peter's, um, sin and his error, his bad example here. And um, this just really goes to show that it it is not loving to allow sin to go unopposed in another believer, especially one with whom you have relationship. Yes. It is not loving. Yeah. And this doesn't mean we go looking for these things and calling them out and like, you know, being a jerk. Yeah. But (laughs) it doesn't mean you're on like a witch hunt all the time trying to find, oh, right, what's wrong with you so I can approach you and so I can pull you aside and so I can call you out. Peter and Paul had big jobs to do. They had big jobs in the church. And for Paul to allow Peter to be walking in this kind of subtle, sneaky sort of (laughs) sin would have been disastrous. So it would have been so detrimental to the early church and so and to the church today. So uh you know I think it's important to some of us might have a really easy time being confrontational. <laughs> some of us might really struggle with it. Mm-hmm. And whatever end of the spectrum that you are on, it is important that you take sin as a matter that is serious to the yeah. Lord in your heart and in others' hearts. And that you are open to doing what God has called you to do, whether that is stepping up and calling somebody out that you love Mm. who has hurt you or is hurting someone else, or if that means that you need to remove the plank from your own eye before addressing somebody else. Both of those are obediences that we need to walk in as believers. Yeah, I think this is um, what you said about, you know, people having a hard time being confrontational or whatever. Just a, a vulnerable moment for me. I don't... Um, I don't necessarily have a hard time being confrontational, but I have a hard time being confrontational in a constructive way. Mm. <laughs> so <laughs> things will, you know, something will happen and I'll immediately respond with a confrontation, yeah. but not in a way that is going to bring growth from the situation. And so, you know, I'm, I'm listening to this thinking about, okay, well, I have the, <laughs> I have the confrontation part down, but maybe not the the grace and the, or even grace in hindsight, that's something that mm-hmm. happens to me often mm-hmm. is I respond in the situation and then later on I'm like, oh my gosh, like it really wasn't that big of a deal or whatever it is. Yeah. And I've gone through so many different seasons of life in this particular area. If you would have asked me even 
a year ago what this was like for me. It would have been different. It probably would have been better. <laughs> um, but this is an area that I, you know, I desire to grow in yeah. and to walk in because I know that I know the joy and the fruit that can come from having a conversation that is meant to build up the relationship yeah. and point each other to Christ. And um, that's something too valuable to lose sight of. And so this is just, you know, I guess my personal encouragement. If you are listening to this and you're thinking, I've, <laughs> I'm not anywhere near where I need to be in mm-hmm. this area, there is grace for that, just like there's grace for everything else. And so now just moving forward, what does that mean? Yeah. Like, what does that mean for your confrontations? What does that mean for the disagreements you have with your friends now or with fellow believers? This can be transformative and it doesn't have to be a point of shame of, wow, I've messed this up and it's not going to get better and I'm so terrible because of this. Just pick up Mm -hmm. where you've left off. That's what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm picking up where I left off Mm -hmm. um, when I had a better grip on this and I'm moving forward in growth, right? And being willing to apologize if you have handled this incorrectly. Yes. That's huge. An apology goes so far. Yeah. We talked about this in the first section, that forgiveness and honesty Mm. and prayer, that these are supposed to be practical (laughs) day-to-day life between believers. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think we should underestimate the the value and the power of um, repentance, but also of of prayer. Like, imagine if we went into these situations willing to to pray and to like, mm. <laughs> I, I really think in most situations, if there's someone that has like hurt you or if you know this is something you have to deal with yeah, with somebody in your life, if you approach the situation first fully <laughs> in prayer yeah, and from a right heart yourself, but also with the willingness to like be humble and to pray for that yeah. other person and to lift them up and encourage them, like even in your honesty and in yeah. your directness, like it's a lot easier to swallow. Yeah. <laughs> that, kind of a, yes. that kind of an interaction that it is. Yeah. If someone just came and was like, hey, uh, you messed this up. I'm gonna leave your room to figure it out, yeah. right? But to say like, this hurt me. Yeah. I love you. Like I forgive you, mm-hmm. but you have to deal with it. Yeah. And can I pray for you and what's been going on? And like those kind of conversations, that's not applicable yeah. to everything. Right. But I think a lot of interpersonal stuff, it could yeah. be. Absolutely. And it goes back to the whole idea of social media and having mm-hmm. the distance and it being so easy to just be harsh and critical and unkind. Yeah. And for when no we don't reason. have and for no reason, but yeah. also when we just don't have that face-to-face yeah. interaction, prioritizing and valuing those face-to-face mm-hmm. interactions. If there's someone that you have a spat with on social media, yeah. Going to coffee. Yeah. <laughs> like, like <laughs> let's not, let's not yeah. let's not sacrifice relationship for the sake of being right. Yeah. And I think more productive conversation would happen if it was face-to-face in a lot of those situations. So that's, yeah. that's a tangent, but. No, absolutely. I would agree. Um, I think that this is a good spot to leave us. Yeah. Um, and it leaves a lot of, a lot of nuance, yes. a lot of gray area. Yeah. This is not straightforward. There is some yeah. straightforward direction here on how yes. to handle some things, but there's a lot of like a lot of questions that this raises. Situational. It's like, oh, you don't know the situation or whatever it is. Like we had talked about in the friendship episode. Yeah. You know, at the end, it's like, (laughs) we don't know the situation. We do know what the Bible says though, but um, 
but if there's if you're feeling like I'm drowning in the gray area yeah. here, I'm drowning in the nuance opportunities and you would like some more opinions or you would like some biblical, yeah. you know, input and or just direction to yes. other resources or yeah. other like leadership in your life. Exactly. Like, we're happy to be that for you. Yes. Reach out to us. You can reach out to us via DM on Instagram at the Katie's podcast or on email, which I would love to receive an email. I would love to as well. <laughs> or feel free to join us on Patreon yes. and you can have direct access all the time. Yeah. And we're still doing our book club on there. So just yes, a little shout are. out to that. We would love to have you. Mere Christianity. It's a good one. <laughs> yeah, we would love to have you. So yes. in the meantime, we love you guys. Mm. We hope that this blesses you and encourages you. And we can't wait to talk to you soon. Yes. All right. See you later. Bye.